0: Hello and welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast, the podcast where we sort through the juiciest, most interesting bits of Star Trek news from the Trek Convention feed, we pick our favorites for a closer look, and share it with you from the perspective of a super fan and a new fan. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, we'll find out if there are still Trill in the year 3188. We'll discuss briefly the uh, Emmy tribute, the new cat on Discovery, and whether or not Paramount is still in the business of creating Star Trek movies. All that and more in this episode. Welcome, and I'm your host, Bill, and my friend Jenna is on the line. And we're going to uh, discuss what's going on in the world of Star Trek. I've been a fan since the late 1800s, which is a little early, but it was a long time ago. And Jenna uh, has been a fan for a while—a passing fan. How are you, Jenna?
1: I'm good, Bill. How are you? Good. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner. Convention corner.
0: Anyway, I don't know if you've been following the the, the Twitter and or the Facebook feed, which is, by the way, where we get all of these uh, interesting topics to discuss. Um, But it's been announced that the destination Star Trek for this year has been postponed to 2021, which is kind of a big deal.
1: That is a big deal. That's the one in London, correct?
0: Yeah. And I think it's, I think, Germany might be bigger, but I think it's the largest, like, European-based Star Trek convention it might actually be the largest because um, it's all of Europe. But yeah, which kind of brings up the question of, uh, oops, of the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, which has been pushed back to December of this year, um, which is coming up fast. I know you're not going. I still have my tickets. I have my hotel reservations and everything else, but uh, I'm noticing that the uh, the number of confirmed guests is uh, is a lot lower, I think, than it was in years uh, past. Yeah, and just looking at the official Star Trek convention list, it's 65 days away, which is not that far. Um, and the list of celebrities is uh, a bit thinner than last year. They have started noting that there are folks that are confirmed and those that are, I forget the use term they use, but they're like negotiating with. So we'll see how that goes. Did you, uh, when was the last time you went to the convention? I feel like it's been a while.
1: I think it was 2012, 2012 or 2013.
0: That was a while ago. Yeah. Kate Mulgrew is pending confirmation. Shatner is um, confirmed. I I think he confirms the year ahead of time, but um, he's confirmed it looks like most of the folks from Discovery are confirmed. Uh, there's actually, I think they've got 85 guests this year so far. They always count up to the last minute. Um, Alice Krieg, the Borg Queen, is still pending. But yeah, so the the, the pushback of London is, a, is kind of a big deal. I've never been to the London one, although it could be fun. <laughs> Obviously not this year, uh, but it could be fun to go to. I don't know... Uh, What it's like to go to such a huge event in another land.
1: Series spotlight. Series spotlight. Spotlight. Series spotlight. Spotlight.
0: So, moving on, the other big thing that I noticed was that there's an article about uh, season three of Discovery. There's a couple of them. The first one is sort of a a bit of a a spoiler. So, the uh, season three, as everybody probably knows by now, takes place in. Thirty-one eighty-eight. Um, so the trailer. People have been taking it apart, looking for stuff that might indicate what's going on in thirty-one eighty-eight. What are this? What are the alien races that are still part of the Federation? How much of the Federation is left? And there have been um, sightings in the season three trailer of the Trill. Um, some of the the pools that we saw in, in Deep Space Nine where the the symbionts live and the caretakers and some of the electrical effects in the water that seem to indicate that the uh, the trailer alive and well as a, as a thriving member of the, um, the, the Federation, even in 3188. More to come.
1: Well, I think also that one of the things that people are talking about is the fact that the Dax symbiont could have survived all this time. So it's possible that either Adira or gray will become Adira Dax or gray Dax.
0: Right. Yeah. That was the part that, uh, that was the key component of that article that I entirely left out, but yeah, the the fans would love there to be a Dax character back. And of course, as we've seen in other um, in deep space nine, we've seen other um, Dax hosts, Reappear, which means there could be an opportunity for Terry Farrell to make some sort of a cameo if if that, that were to play out. But, again, we won't know until, well, the season three starts, like, this month, so we could, uh, in o- October, so we could find out sooner or later. Which is exciting. We love Terry <laughs> Farrell. We love Terry. Track news. Trek news. Trek news. Trek news. I know you didn't get to watch them, but the Emmys had a tribute to both uh, Rene Abergenois and DC Fontana, who who passed away this past year. Um, it was very tasteful and very nice. I remember seeing in the um, documentary What We Left Behind that uh, one of the things that Rene Abergenois had mentioned was that, you know, he's, he had said, well, at least in my obituary, they'll, they'll remember me as Odo, because before that, it would have just been Benson from. Or, or um, his character from Benson, and he's like that. That Endicott the third was just kind of an idiot. So at least he, he's going to be remembered for a character that he feels much more strongly about. So that's a that's a nice nice note to go out on, I guess. And of course, DC Fontana was one of the writers for the show since the Roddenberry days. Um, she'd shortened her name from uh, to DC simply to hide the fact that she was a a woman writer in science fiction, which is something that. Women writers weren't supposed to be, or science fiction writers, uh, women weren't supposed to be very good at writing science fiction. So she would often get not get uh, opportunities because of her gender, which that's why she's always been DC Fontana. She actually appeared in an episode of uh, The Big Bang Theory with uh, David Gerald in the background. Neither one of them were were mentioned in the in the show, but if you watched a particular scene, you could see them in the background. Uh, Will Wheaton was in the episode as well. It was more focused on him and and to a degree, Brett Spiner. But you missed it, Jenna. You missed it because you don't have. I don't have cable. I I don't have cable either. But I do have access to, uh, to the to the the live uh, interwebs. So it was nice to see there. I mean, it would have been better had they not had they not passed away. But it was a nice tribute to them amongst the in memoriam.
1: Series spotlight. Series spotlight. Series spotlight. Spotlight. Series
0: spotlight. Speaking of season three of Discovery, they have a cat. They have a cat in season three.
1: I know. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Are you? It's a big I cat.
1: Know, I know. I love cats.
0: It's a big 18-pound Maine coon named Liu. I don't think that's one of the few actors that have I mispronounced their name, They she, she he, I can't tell. I, did they mention it, with the gender of the cat? I
1: think it's a
0: he. Yeah, okay. I'm wondering if that's the cat actor's name or whether that's the name of the character that the the, the cat has been named in the context of the show. I'm sure... No, the
1: cat's, the cat's name is Liu, and the, the character's name is Grudge. Oh, that's right.
0: I knew that. It was right there in the title. I feel like there's a story there. I feel like there'll be something that we get to learn about Grudge and who has the grudge. Why is there a grudge? Does the cat have the grudge? Well, that's exciting. So we'll get to see a cat. Unlike Spot... There was an article on one of the uh, sites that went through, I think there's been many, many, many different uh, pets in the Star Trek universe.
1: Well, and they were saying in the, the article that Liu is actually um, kind of a one-take wonder, that he does a, um, a lot of his tricks and things without having to do multiple takes. And I remember a, an article with um, Brent Spiner talking about how difficult it was working with the cat playing Spot, because the cat just didn't want to be there, right? So, um, hopefully, Leo a better uh, partner actor than Spot was.
0: Yeah, there were scenes uh, with uh, Spiner, and you could see the cat's claws had actually attached themselves to his uniform. Um, you know that moment that when the cat doesn't want to be held, but also won't let go of you. Um, so that's, uh, that's hopefully hopefully Grudge is not that aggressive. Very nice looking cat though, very big.
1: Maine coons can get very big.
0: I, really? I'd never heard of the that particular type of cat before. So, much in the in the tradition of the internet, we're talking about cats because the internet is owned by cats.
1: Trek news. Trek movie. News.
0: Trek news. Uh, Trek movie actually had an interesting article about Jonathan Jonathan Frake's apparently had pitched the idea for one of the star Trek movies to include Q since of course he's been around since the start of the, the next generation. Um, they wanted to explore the Q character a little bit more than, than had been in the series. And again, Q has appeared in next generation Voyager, um, Oh, and deep space nine, but never appeared in, in enterprise. But, um, it would be interesting, I guess. the The idea was that they would look more at the Q continuum more than just the the big dusty road out in the desert, the way they covered it with with uh, Voyager, and actually dig deep into it. They, I think, he listed um, the Q as like the the, the first big nemesis of uh, of the the Federation as far from the point of view of the, the next generation. Although I'm surprised they used the word nemesis, given how unpopular that particular movie was. But I. I I rather liked it, but not a lot. Uh have you ever heard of uh of Q?
1: Yes, of course I've heard of Q. Okay.
0: Did you like uh Q? I'm trying to remember, was he at one of the convention you went to? Did you get to hear the actor actually talk about uh his John name? Delancey? John no, DeLancey. I don't think
1: so.
0: Okay. He was he was big in the he was in a film or hosted uh the, the uh is it Brody's Brody's um
1: Oh, the Bronies! You know, I did actually in one of the San Francisco um, conventions that we went to. He was talking about his Brony um, movie or his Brony documentary, and that was the first time that I had heard of Bronies, and I was a little disturbed. I ain't gonna lie to you.
0: <laughs> What's interesting is I've I've in in the depths of Netflix. That's not the only Brony themed documentary there there are others Uh, maybe
1: we should explain what a brony is
0: uh, a brony is um i don't know if there's an age around it but there there uh there tend to be adult male fans of my little pony
1: and they dress up like my little ponies and they have my little pony avatars and it's 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 interesting
0: yeah They've taken the, uh, I don't know anything about the show other than uh, the fact that it exists, (laughs) Um, but they've taken the best part of it as far as the, the, the idea of, you know, sharing and and, um, working together and all the, the sort of the pluses of that particular character, that particular show and glommed onto that as a, as a reason to watch and follow and engage and, they have meetings. They have conventions. They're, they're just like you and me. Well, probably more like you.
1: No, I think more like you.
0: <laughs> this time we're skipping the sound effect and just blatantly moving on to the next topic, um, which is sort of a, a, a more of a chat topic. In that um, there was rumor, and then it was put down as a rumor that Paramount had decided that they weren't going to do Star Trek movies anymore. That was buzzing around for a few days. And then shortly afterwards, Paramount said, no, 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 that's not true. We are. Uh, they didn't say much, much more than that, except now we're, we're, we're still looking at Star Trek four. We're still trying to figure out how to work in within the franchise. Um, and I know they had, um, discussed that they thought, yeah, obviously Star Trek was better as, uh, as a tv series it started as a tv series and they wanted to kind of go back to that i remember that was a kind of a gut punch to those of us that like going to the movies to see star trek star trek um but they weren't they weren't necessarily wrong and i think the uh the current crop of star trek's tv series of which there are many um has kind of borne out the fact that star trek works really well as a tv series that doesn't mean i wouldn't like to see a movie every once in a while Uh, You and I actually went to go see the 1979 40th anniversary of uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, which was the first of the Star Trek movies.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was enjoyable. I, I mean, I recognized that especially compared to some of the later movies, it wasn't the best Star Trek movie, but I hadn't seen it since I was a kid and it was an enjoyable night at the movies.
0: It was, it was a little, I mean, I, I had seen it when it came out, like, every other giant Trek fan I think did. And, um, at the time we're just like, Oh my gosh, a big screen. And then, you know, we were comparing it, continually comparing it to what had changed from the series and, and why, uh, you know, the transporter effect seemed to have gotten longer and they changed the, the look and the feel of it. Um, and, you know, obviously the enterprise was completely different. Did we like it? Or not? we totally geeked out on the technology that had changed and, the uniforms, which seemed to have kind of lost their uniformity, for lack of a better word, because on the show, you know, red was red and blue was blue. And everybody had sort of exactly the same uniform other than the color and, and possibly your, your insignia. Um, but uh, in the movie, it was really hard to figure out who was what. But it was like 1979. So it was a sort of a fallout of the, the less restrictive 70s culture that, that had popped up at the time. But uh, still a lot of fun. Uh, repeated watchings, it gets a little slow when we're flying over V'ger for the 347th time um, to the same Jerry Goldsmith, which was really good, but very lyric music going on in the background, which, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that, which I think critics picked up at the time. Um, interestingly, one of the nice things about. Focusing on television or on on the format of television for Star Trek is one of the things that we tend to glum onto and like is the commonality so there isn't a different uh, and they started to do that in the JJ Abrams films where there isn't an, a different opening title sequence for every single movie because that's what every time you bring in a director they want to add their own spin they want to adjust the uniforms a little bit they want to change the the Starfleet insignia or the ships or, or what have you. Some of the ships obviously are too expensive to change, so they kind of stuck with those. But there's um, less sort of randomness in a TV series where you started on a, a particular time with a, a the, the, the story and the, the sets and the, 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 the cast kind of set the tone for the series and the initial art direction and the initial few episodes as far as direction and, and, and tone and then uh you kind of run with that for as many episodes or years or whatever that you can continue with 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 not nearly as many sort of te- tectonic like shifts in in the 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 universe <laughs> no pun intended the last thing i had on my big list which i just thought was just generally interesting was and uh i should have brought up his name i never remember names i will repeat that repeatedly because that's kind of what I do, but um, there is a Frank da Vinci um, <laughs> the article amusingly uh, points out that his his namesake Leonardo is probably more famous, but he was in a, a boatload of uh, Star Trek episodes, the original series in, he's very much a background character. he once you see his photo and this is from H and I which carries all the Star Treks, uh, with exception I think of the animated series. Uh, on their their network. But he's, once you see him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. He never really had a name. I think in one episode he was actually featured in headlines. But he was also a stand-in for uh, Leonard Nimoy during lighting and, and and set preparation and things like that, which, you know, working actors are, are, are happy to do whatever it takes to stay on, on the set as long as possible and continue to get paid. Um, what I thought was interesting is uh, under the same... Uh, heading of like a working actor is that he was also a stand in for uh, um, Norman Bates um, on the uh, psycho film. He was the outline, the silhouette of the, in this famous murder scene. So they, because you couldn't see the actor's face, he didn't have to stand there for hours on end. And uh, so they put the stand in in. they put in Frank Da Vinci. So you see, it's when, when you see the scene, the silhouette you're looking at is really him. And not the
1: interesting, yeah.
0: And I want to say Anthony Perkins is that the am I getting that right? I get my Perkins is confused. So that's all I have for this uh, this exciting episode of, of uh, the Trek Convention Podcast. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, add, Miss Jenna?
1: No, I'm just excited for the
0: cat. Oh yeah, who wouldn't be? I'm sure Gr- Grudge is very excited to be working again. Um, or Liu, they usually get so uptight if they don't have a job, you know, how cats are. Yes, I do. Well, I guess that's it for our second, second in the long history of Trek convention podcasts. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, be sure to check us out on, um, on at Trek convention and on Facebook. And, um, do this again. We do these about every, every few weeks or so. So um, keep an eye out for us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye.
1: The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .comsagogo. .comsagogo is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .comsagogo. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.